0: Hello? Hi, Babylonians. Hey, hi, hello. podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O and be sure to add our podcast, Bloody Babbles, in How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Happy listening. Hello, Babylonians. I know a lot of you have been with us for a long time, even from the beginning, and we cannot say thank you enough. And I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately, how do you make your own podcast? Well, it's simple. I use Anchor, anchor anchor.fm, which is the website, or there is an app, or you can go on your computer, whatever you want to do. It's the easiest way. Um, It is run through Spotify, so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto. And there's lots of different... It'll stream to at least, I think, 10 different platforms or more. um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter where your setup is like, you can start creating today, today, and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm going to listen. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry, I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me, even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. I'm out of breath. I just came back from the bathroom. (laughs) So pregnant. Guys. So pregnant. <laughs> Coming up. So this will be Tuesday when you hear this. It'll all be 31 weeks tomorrow. Today. Today, tomorrow. When It's Wednesdays is when my weeks change. Oh, sorry. My bad. So yes. When they hear this, it'll be tomorrow. Okay. But, um, yeah. I hope everyone is, um, staying cool. Lord knows. fucking
1: hotter than Hades here.
0: Shit. I mean, I could handle. I prefer dry heat to humid humidity. heat because yep. humidity has been hellacious. Well,
1: that and then the mosquitoes are in full force because of as humidity. I'm
0: sitting here clawing my foot yeah. open,
1: yeah, Zabry came home with a whole bunch of bites. So. Yeah,
0: I have them all over my ankles because we were sitting outside last night, and then Arlo has them too, and he's allergic, so his bumps get even bigger. He may pop in here, here and there. He's uh, Hanging out in our room right now, and of course Zoe's here with and her. her
1: surgery went well. Her surgery
0: did go good. She's just now. She's not a she's not a unicorn anymore. She's just Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> she gets her stitches out also on Wednesday. Breaking so. Weenie. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <gasps> Zoe and Weenie. Zoe Weenie. Poor dog. Um. She looks good. Ooh. And uh, Paulo is very uh, active tonight too. So if you hear me going ooh or uh, or, or Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one that I don't. I try to avoid. But man, this kid has been. I just ate a bunch of cookies that Shauna brought me over too. That were absolutely delicious. They were chocolate and butterscotch. Yep. So if you hear gross <laughs> mouth noises, you know, I just had three or uh, it was three and a half cookies because Artlo was like, I don't want the other half of this one, and I'm like. I got you <laughs> oh man um yeah nothing new to report like you know Earthwise, we don't have any n- new countries as of yet and Wyoming is still taking its sweet sweet time yeah, what so, Wyoming. I'm like I don't know even my mom's friend has said he's tried listening to and I don't know I don't know if something's going on with anchor I don't know Um, anti-Wyoming how weird they're like no you can't know that they're listening but the when I listen to the weekly weekly variety girls they don't they still haven't gotten Alaska either and I even told my friend in Alaska and she's listened too so I don't know because it does take a little bit to register because I know with Arizona yeah but yeah this has been a while now so I don't know so if you are from Wyoming and you're sitting there like yelling at us, like, I'm listening!
1: Send us a message and let us know you're listening. <laughs> yes,
0: please, for the love of God. And better yet, add a case from Wyoming, too. Maybe I'll look an, look one up, because th- today we're going to be going overseas to Australia with the case that I've got for us today. Um, is there any Dawn updates? Yes, she,
1: she's doing really well. Um, chemo yep. and everything is not... The doctor has been... Because she's preparing to go on vacation with her family, um, the... The between rounds of chemo or whatever has been a little bit longer. So she's actually feeling much better than normal. And yay. she's prepared to go on vacation here pretty soon. So yay, Dawn. Go have fun. Love, love, love your time with your babies. And, and
0: um, listen to us on your drive there. Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we just love you so much. And guys, just please keep sending her healthy Vibes. Good vibes, prayers, everything doing. that
0: you're into, send them her way. Everything you're
1: into that's positive and healthy.
0: <laughs> and I'm also going to shout out my cousins again, too, because they talk about it pretty frequently at our family bingos that we do every other Sunday. Hey. So, Billy and Jenny. We love uh, you so much. Okay, Zoe, so you just got all on my notes, ma'am. Well, yep, she's, um, she's pretending to be gay. She's going time. to be, yeah. <laughs> she's, so, she's been very needy after surgery, which she's been getting extra loves and snuggles and special treats, which aren't even special treats because they're actually her medicine disguised around cheese and turkey. <laughs> but she's been doing so good, my little Frankenweenie. I'm going to start calling you that now with her weird eye. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's a... Uh, that's just what's going on. Oh, yeah, Billy and Ginny. I'm just... My cousins are awesome, and they're so freaking... They're hilarious, They're hilarious, too. too. They're so fucking funny. Um, but, yes, our family's pretty freaking rad. But I guess let's get into this case. There we go, guys. And this is... Um, I don't... Oh, no. I think it was my friend Rachel. I don't have my phone because Arlo's using it at the moment. Um, I'm pretty sure my friend Rachel is the one who suggested this case to us. Hey, and if you didn't, well, thank you anyways. You're getting credit YouTube, for it. Thank
1: you to whomever did, if it wasn't
0: me. <laughs> and I know this is—I um, <clears throat> know Morbid covered these girls too, or this girl, lady, monster, whatever you want to call her. But we are talking today about Catherine Mary Knight, and I'm not going to use an Australian accent because it's terrible, and I still want Australia to listen to us. So, since she, we've
1: got him, and that other past podcast doesn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Oh, that. Was, that was good. Was a
1: little that was a
0: little, little bit. A little
1: down under, if you will.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Get out.
1: Sister, go.
0: <laughs> um, it says here in these... Um, okay, I'm fine. Um, she was born half an hour after her twin sister, Joy, at Tenterfield Hospital in northwestern New South Wales on October 24th, 1955. That was my first divorce date. <laughs>
1: October 24th, the day before my brother's birthday.
0: Awesome. Yeah, 1955. Her mother, Barbara, already had four boys. Oh, God bless her soul. Well, Patrick, Martin... Been there, doing that. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine if Xavier really had been twins. Oh,
1: well, she was big enough to be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's very true. My niece was ginormous at birth. Little sumo baby. Mm-hmm. But um, four boys, Patrick, Martin, Neville, and Barry, who she had, um, who were from a, pe- a previous marriage. As, no, mm-hmm. previous and another son, Charlie, with Catherine's father, Ken. And another son, Shane, would follow in 1961. Oh, wow. So, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. seven, eight. Eight. Jeepers. Okay, I'm Jeez. not. Uh. That's a lot of humans. Yes. I'm on my second, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Barbara's previous marriage, marriage, I'm on a roll tonight, guys, broke up, the other, <sighs> I'm okay. leaving. Deep breath. This is tiny, tiny font, too, that I used with these notes, and I don't know why I did that, but here we are. Um, If it's not sound, it's... Nicole can't read. From her previous marriage broke up the two older boys, which are Patrick and Martin. It's weird because I know someone with that actual first and last name, so that's throwing me off right now. Um, Had stayed with their father, Jack. I'm going to guess it's... I want to say Ruffin or Raugan?
1: Or Ripper? Sorry.
0: Sorry. R O U G H A N, and the two younger lads, Neville and Barry, went to live with an aunt in Sydney. So when Jack um, died in 1959, Patrick and Martin went to live with, back with their mom. Okay. So Ken Knight was in I don't know what that word is, but he was a slaughterman who traveled with his family throughout Queensland and New South Wales, uh, um, applying his trade into 12 hour shifts at, oh boy, okay, I'm so sorry, Australia. W- Wallangara, sure, Gunnada, <laughs> Gunnada, Tenterfield, and Moray, oh my god, are they sure. all, oh my god,
1: because Nicole is a moron, uh, A mm-hmm.
0: I just, I'm not meant to be Australian, I need Xander here, um, <laughs> wherever the work was to be found, Ken and Barb and their six children eventually s- settled in Aberdeen in 1969, where there was study work at the lo- local, local, <laughs> Abator. I don't know what that is. I should have put definitions beside these things. Usually, I do that. Um, from all accounts, young Catherine was a loving little girl who was kind to animals, and her only brush with retribution was um, as it was. Oh my God, was when she was thirteen and she appeared before the children's court on a mi- minor charge and received a good behavior bond. So I don't know what the charge was. How old was she? Thirteen. thirteen. So, given her lifelong environment, it's hardly surprising that. Um, I oh my god that all she wanted to do was um, grow up and work in the abattoirs which is where her dad was working and every town she had lived in there was meat works okay maybe that's what it is kind of like a meat factory i'm guessing mm. to her the thick afternoon waft of the oh my god of the remains of the day's kill as it was rendered into tallow must have smelled like french perfume yeah. Okay, so I sit here. We are from Dodge City, and or live near there. And I can tell you when I drive past those meat packing plants, because we have two of the yes, pretty biggest, almost 80
1: percent of of the nation's. Um meat supply
0: comes from us. Oh, I'm so glad you knew that, because I did not. (laughs) I can tell you, I don't smell French perfume when I drive by it. it,
1: Well, I've never been to France, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I've smelled some perfumes. It's
1: awful. It's It's like,
0: and especially when they're burning blood. Yeah. Like, But, I mean, if you're raised around it, it's okay well people from
1: here say that's the smell of money and i'm uh, like no that's the smell of death and shit
0: (laughs) and burning blood (laughs) i remember i think it was gabriel iglesias when he came here and he goes what is that awful smell outside and everybody in the crowd went money and he's just like my money don't smell like that
1: yeah
0: (laughs) it smells like
1: first time i visited my mom here i was like what like you can literally step off the plane and you can smell Dog City
0: Arlo turn that down please it's um yeah this is this is like people
1: just said two meat packing plants
0: so if you ever drove by meat packing plant or you're from Kansas you know
1: yeah
0: um so from
1: cow fields too I mean there's there's that smell when you're going by a pasture yeah I'd rather smell
0: cow shit than the freaking plant yeah so keep going okay (laughs) babble over (laughs) At Mm -hmm. 16, she would join her father, her twin sister, Joy, and her brother, Charlie, um, boning out carcasses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a child. Bye. At the Aberdeen Abattoir, I think I'm saying that wrong, too. Um, If you're from Australia and you hear this, please tell me how to say things correctly. Thanks. In the predominantly male domain, uh, Catherine is as tough as the rest of them, um, and she gave as much as she got in the boning floor, and and she got on the bloody floor this is what a day what a day this has become she was renowned for not taking taking okay taking a step backward oh my god and with her knife in hand she challenged anyone who offended her to armed combat to abruptly sort the matter out she was feisty my gosh no one ever took her on her proudest possession was her set of razor-sharp boning knives (laughs) This boning. I can't. I'm leaving. Um, Which she kept in pride of place above her bed so she could have at least one look at them at night before nodding off to sleep, no doubt to dream about killing animals and carving up their remains in a technically a healthy manner. This case is starting to come back to me now. Um, Given her future violence, it would be fair to say that it was a period in her life that played a major role in the molding of the monster that she would end up becoming. So... So her first love was in 1973, she falls in love with a 22 year old truck driver named David Kellett and as soon as she turned 18 she moved in with him. In 1974 they were married, so not even like roughly a year later, maybe not even a year depending on when in 1973 they met. Um, A rumor was that she attempted to strangle him on on their wedding night when he wouldn't repeatedly make love to her. So yeah, all that boning went right to her head. <laughs> and now we have a theme for this episode. The boning case of <laughs> Catherine Knight. Later I'm in their ma- get
1: boning. Oh, God.
0: Later in their marriage, Kellett worked at the abattoir with um Catherine as and was in charge of killing the pigs. <clears throat> From time to time she would drop in and just watch him at work dispatching the animals with a stun gun. Oh I mean I know that's part of life, but I'm like as a person who's heard a cow scream when yeah, they, I don't, yeah, yeah, when I, because I worked as a security officer at our meat packing plant, and uh, yeah, someone didn't shoot them correctly. I didn't eat meat for two weeks. It was rough. So, no, there was no. No, <laughs> no two
1: weeks, on, Nicole. Two weeks. It took
0: me two weeks to be able to even look <laughs> at a cow. You I'm like,
1: live in a place like we live, two weeks is like. Okay. Two minutes. It's no. Two weeks is a big <laughs> fucking deal because yeah. this is cows.
0: I mean, we, yeah, we are the cowboy capital of the world is what Dodge is deemed a lot. So, yeah, it was rough. I couldn't do it. It was just, it broke my heart. Yeah. I was just sitting outside enjoying some summer sun, reading yeah. a book, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, I can't even replicate it because I it was if just. if you would have
1: seen it, it would have been longer. I sure. probably
0: would have become a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I, I shit you not. Just
1: just into foul play. Only, yeah. Only the birds. Get out. <laughs>
0: but then again, I love bacon, and they're sitting here talking about pigs, so. <sighs> So, um, they had their first child. Her name was Melissa Ann, and she was born in May of 1976. Kellett was unable to cope with his wife's possess- possessiveness ooh, and violent, moody behavior and took off with another woman. Wow. <laughs> okay.
1: Let's have a kid,
0: and then... No,
1: well, I mean, I understand, like, you can't hit, but, like, so obviously you're, all right, all right, whatever. <coughs> she ends up not being a good person anyway, so I'm not going
0: to... Yeah, explain. exactly. Good
1: job, sir. Glad you got so, out when you could.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> um, deeply depressed and revengeful at his leaving, and with no one to take her, you know, anger out on, she chose the closest thing to her. Um, one day shortly after David had left, she walked down to the local... T- oh, my God. Okay, Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning, um... But it ends up okay, but this is scary. She walks down to the train lines with and left her two-month-old daughter, Melissa, <gasps> in the middle of the tracks to be run over by the next train that came along. Fortunately, she uh, Melissa was rescued by a man who was foraging just nearby who heard her crying.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that part. Whew! Yeah. Um, later that day, she Catherine ended up taking an axe from a nearby backyard and swinging it wildly about her head threatened at random to kill several people including an old man she was apprehended by police and taken to st elmo's hospital in tamworth hey one that i'm not scared to say Wee, where she was diagnosed with postnatal depression and released which okay i could and just okay i could see that being a thing yes. like it's like postpartum and, you know two months old is not very old for a baby and, and then your tired, husband just and, dipping yeah, out yeah, like yeah. heartbreak and just all these in her body's going trying to change and go back mm-hmm. to normal so not to justify because we all know she's a fucking monster for what she does later in this but um <clears throat> this is all
1: post postpartum depression is is very real and and and, and anybody who ha- has suffered from it or is suffering from or whatever get get talk to your doctor get the help you need
0: because doctors are going to be there to help you and i'm so grateful for the doctor i have now because yes because i ignored mine for the my first pregnancy and i definitely will face it better on my second yes love he can take you oh okay that's okay baby i just gave me. well you you what? deleted them?
1: <laughs> Why do you put more cookie in there? Oh my goodness. Don't I put more cookie
0: in there. I ate half of a cookie. Why? Because
1: I didn't want a whole cookie.
0: <laughs> but okay. Mama. What? You must done? No, not what? even close. But You can have this back. You can keep playing, okay? You don't want to? Okay. Interlude over. Um okay. So After she's, you know, released, a few days later, she ends up slashing the face of a woman she knew with a butcher's knife while demanding that she take, that this lady take Catherine to David in her car.
1: Wait a minute. So how long she was, does she...
0: Just literally a few days after she was released from the hospital. She approaches a woman, slashes her in the face. Um, what? Anyways, (laughs) I don't even... Okay, so she attacks this lady's face. The lady is bleeding profusely. Catherine's demanding her to take her to her husband, um, who left her. Which I'm sure this lady doesn't even know her. Um, she ends up as, the lady ends up escaping and goes to a patrol. A, a, sorry, it's a petrol station, like a gas station. Okay. Sorry, this is um, from Australia. When police responded to a frantic call from the station uh, owner, they arrived to find Catherine holding a little boy by the front of his shirt and waving a knife in the air. Oh so she Lord. attacks this lady and then apparently just. Finds a little boy and starts yelling in his face like Jesus. Where's her baby? She had been taken because she left her on the train tracks. Okay, I'm just... Yeah. Okay. I don't know if David came and got her. Okay. I don't... uh, mm, 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 mm. We'll see here. Well, okay. Let's just keep going. Okay. Um, The officers managed to drag the terrified child away by attacking Catherine with a couple of brooms that were handy. And grabbed her when she dropped the knife and um, let the boy go. On the recommendation of a local doctor, she was admitted to m- Mama, uh, what?
1: I don't want one game.
0: That's fine. Um, admitted to Morris, she was admitted to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital for treatment and detained um, under supervision while her daughter was placed in the care of her grandparents, Barbara and Ken. Okay. So that's where baby went, which is where that baby should stay, clearly. But anyways, um, oh, please. Okay. <laughs> go, go, hurry. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Police notified David, who was working as a truck driver in Queensland, that his wife was locked in a psychiatric unit under heavy sedation in the most notorious mental, tu- mental institution in New, Wa- New South Wales. With his mother, Jean, they drove the hundreds of kilometers to be with his troubled wife, who sparked up the minute she saw him. Like, her total attitude was like, oh, my God, he's here. Yeah. So, on August ninth, 1976, she was released into the care of her mother-in-law in the condition... That Jean see to it that she take her medications. They collected little Melissa along the way. <clears throat> with a couple, uh, within a couple of weeks, Catherine and David were back living together in a bungalow in uh, Woodridge in Queensland, where David drove trucks and Catherine took a job <laughs> boning at the Dinmore we- <laughs> Meat Works in Ipswich. Ow! Careful. I just I collect my shaving.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, the reunion turned out to be stormier than ever, with uh, Catherine regularly flying into violent rages over nothing in particular, assaulting her husband with her fist, kitchen appliances, and anything she could lay her hands on, yet astonishingly, astonishingly on March 6, 1980, they end up having another daughter named Natasha Marie.
1: That makeup sex, though. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, like, good. i play my game now. So, okay. <clears throat> What's so
1: in here?
0: So, she was born in 1980, so then we're moving now to 1984. As if to answer David Kellett's prayers, um, Catherine was gone. He came home one night from the house, and the house was bare. Catherine had packed up the two girls and everything that wasn't nailed down and moved back to live with their parents on their farm outside of Aberdeen. Aberdeen? Aberdeen? Sure. Um, working at the Aberdeen abattoir. I'm just... Yep. And resumed her maiden name, Catherine Knight. Didn't last long, or last long on the farm with her folks, and soon moved out with the children to a rented property nearby in Musselbrook. <clears throat> a year later, she gave, oh, uh, oh no, her back gave out, and due to constantly bending over to the carcasses at the abattoir, and um, she had to give up working altogether. Her
1: back gave out due to constantly boning.
0: <laughs> bending <laughs> over to bone. Huh. <laughs> 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 This is terrible.
1: We are awful humans.
0: But, well, so is she, so yeah. we're not as awful as she is. Shh. What? This oh, one well, it's going to take a while to go away, baby. Um, the government found her a housing commission house in Aberdeen, which suited her because it was closer to her kid's school. They could walk instead of having to be driven every day, and with pension as income, all the tall, um, blah, 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 blah. She, um... All she needed was um, a man, according to her.
1: Well,
0: she she was tall, thin, and attractive. Like had she's really one,
1: but she goes into fits of
0: Rage and like tries to kill him. <laughs> yep, all she needed was a man's who could handle her crazy. Cause <laughs> she doesn't look like a like Sorry. she's not like ooh like pretty some pretty. of them. Like she's not like unfortunate looking. Like where is it? Like she? I mean, she's not like terrible but she's not like super unpleasant either you know
1: yeah she actually looks sweet
0: like yeah she, like she'd be like the sweet you wouldn't think I wouldn't think of her mm-hmm. as a boner though <laughs>
1: hey,
0: um. <laughs> uh, this has really gotten away from me um anyways <laughs> yeah probably after several unsuccessful relationships since the breakup with her husband she ends up clicking with a guy named Dave Saunders in a local hotel in 1986. Saunders was a 38-year-old miner from nearby Scone and was considered a good bloke. (laughs) I love it. His only problem was that he liked to drink and spent most of his um, time at the hotel getting a skinful. These are great.
1: I like... The way Australians talk. I or describe say, things. Yes. I'm
0: like, I want to use I all will your just verbiage. Giggle the
1: entire time I'm talking to you and have a jolly little time. Because
0: I <sighs> love a, you guys. I, I'm at the hotel getting a skin full. Heyo! <laughs> There's a whole lot of more than <laughs> she's getting boned. And she's even <laughs> she's just, just at her job. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <This is great. laughs> okay, for all of her um, shortcomings, such as a uh, such as attacking people with knives, fists, and kitchen appliances, Catherine had a cheery and charming exterior, <laughs> and the ruggedly <laughs> handsome Saunders was smitten. The fact that she had a voracious sexual appetite was the icing on the cake. Heck, yeah. He's I mean, like...
1: Okay, let's, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> I'm sorry, <clears throat> but knowing men the way I do... again yeah. I don't mean to... Whatever. I mean, I'm 40. I've, yeah. I've had my share. Right. Um. Yeah, if a woman is not just good in bed, but is willing to, to put out, and
0: she's, she's got a
1: confidence about her. Like, if she if she kind of dominates a little in the bedroom, yeah. most men, she could do anything. She doesn't even have to be pretty.
0: Right. If she does that... She's only 29 at this point.
1: She's... Every man would be on his knees salivating, I will give you anything and everything you want. Right. So she... I get it. You've murdered a few people, possibly, or you could? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I like what you do to me. I can't say it because I lives in here. But, like,
0: yes. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> You all get the gist. So.
0: Yeah. So, um, things went pretty awesome for a few months. Um, he kept his apartment at Scone and moved in with Cap- Catherine and her two daughters. Maybe just to have, like, a fallback plan just in case, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it didn't take long for the green eyed monster to come out in Catherine, and she was constantly, you know, falsely accusing, of him, accusing Saunders of having affairs with other women. From then on, they were always at each other's throats. Um, not deep throats, just throats. Um, <laughs> Catherine was. Yeah,
1: that was from the beginning.
0: <laughs> the, yes. the the honeymoon is over. <laughs> Catherine would throw him out of the, her house, but no sooner had he arrived back to his, at his place in Scone, she'd be knocking on the door, begging for his forgiveness, oh gosh, d- for so him sad. to come back, and he always did. Is
1: this not... My this husband
0: is like, and the boys' biological mom's relationship? Yes. I you! Get the fuck out of here! Just oh kidding. my god, I love you so much! Let me suck your you. dick. Let's, oh. Remember yeah. all that boning I was talking about at god. work? It's was really just thinking of boning you, babe. Ugh, gross. Jeez, OP. Oh, peace. <laughs> but despite them always going back to each other, um, it wasn't long, be, you know, f- before the fights between them got violent. And with Catherine, who was taller than Dave, okay, I'm taller than my boyfriend. I feel this. Hey,
1: don't you dare no. relate you two to this. <laughs> Stop it right now. This is the only
0: thing I have in common with her. We are both tall ladies. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Attacking him with and you her.
1: Like <laughs>
0: I'm leaving. She would attack him with her fist and her boots. And um, and you say
1: boobs. Every
0: <laughs> <laughs> boobs. Boots. Sorry. Boots and boobs. And that's how she would coax him back. Hit him with the boots, hit him with the boobs. So that's how they stay balanced. Um, in May of 1987, she let him know what would happen to him if he ever played up with another woman by slitting his almost... Okay, hold on. Animal trigger warning right now, guys. I'm glad I stopped. So she threatens him if he ever played with... A f- or fucked around with another woman by slitting his two-month-old puppy's throat... From ear to ear with a boning knife before taking him, taking to, ta- ah, taking to him with a frying pan and bashing him into unconsciousness.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, if I'm going to being very sweet to animals when she was little and very loving to them, and good, then this Lord. is a two
0: month old puppy. Yeah, that's... So, I hate everyone but uh, like, <laughs> here we go. I know. This, despite all this freaking psycho behavior, um, which included a suicide attempt on her on her end. Um, His love proved unfailing, and in June the following year, she gave birth to her third child, a girl they named Sarah. So now they have three daughters. She's got three girls. Uh, Melissa, oh no, I don't remember the second daughter's name. Okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine, everything's fine. So, with the arrival of the new baby, a calm settled settled over the family of, um, uh, yep, with three girls and their father, And so much that Dave put a deposit on a tiny house in Aberdeen, which Catherine paid off in full with her workman's compensation, um, which came through in 1989 because she threw her back out at work, so she got that money. Um, Considering that outside of her children, the tiny two-bedroom house on, I think it's McQueen Street in Aberdeen, was the first real possession that the feral Catherine Knight had ever owned in her life. It's hardly surprising that she decorated it the way she'd always dreamed of with her passion. Dead animals. Wow. I mean, she's been a boner her whole life. (laughs) So, the walls were covered in cow cow hides, water buffalo, and steer horns, old-fashioned fur wraps, cow and sheep skulls, and deer antlers. Prominently displayed was a stuffed peacock and a baby deer. Among the other um, walls... Um... And hanging from the rafters were a huge wooden fork and spoon, rusted animal traps, leather coats, and motorcycle jackets, a rusted rake and pitchfork, a riding boot, and a crop and a saddle. Every available space was filled with old newspapers, clothes, and books. The extensive video collection dealt predominantly with horror and death. Um, it was a museum of her fucking fantasies. <laughs> it says in these notes there's no place like home. <laughs> 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 I'm going to click my heels three times and hope to get the yeah, hell okay, out of there. It's
1: funny, too, because how many people, <laughs> sorry, fellow Kansans, but I have been into quite a few homes of people who live here or, like, grandparents who have lived here for years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what it is. You've got all <laughs>
0: As we cats. sit here.
1: And then I was thinking, I'm surprised she's not into taxidermy, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, she had a stuffed peacock right. and a baby deer, so. Right. Oh, like like doing it as a, her mm-hmm. own hobby? Yeah. And as we sit here in the room with my dad's deer antlers yeah. up on the floor, really, up above my head, like literally. I
1: personally am I'm not into it. I understand that I live in Hicksville, and this is what people do. I, I was born and raised in Southern California. Well, mostly. Anyway. Right. I'm a Cali girl. Hunting yeah. is not a thing from where, where I was born. Yeah, born and raised, and so I find this a little barbaric. But when <laughs> people hunt and they use all of the meat and the hide, and they do that—that's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. those people who just do it for trophies that—that that is truly barbaric. That's just yeah. disgusting and, and not right. But my father-in-law, Nicole's dad, he 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 uses that deer. He he uses it also.
0: We've even hit deer and we've brought them home and right. eaten them several yeah. times. But um, Mama. huh. Done? No. It was, um, oh yeah, okay. So, but as blissful as it was in paradise with the new baby and the new house filled with all her treasures, it, of course, you know, doesn't last because this isn't her her jam, is to keep things happy forever. In the new bout of exchanges, um, Catherine battered Dave, o- Dave over the head with an iron and allegedly stabbed him with a pair of scissors at one point during an argument when he returned to the love nest.
1: <laughs> after
0: hilarious. this, uh, I love Okay, okay. After a week, um, back at his... Because he still had that apartment in Scone after that horrific fight. He was invited only in to find that she had cut all of his clothes to shreds and taken them um, to the rubbish tip. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. This is what I get for just typing you in you notes. And just them just
1: to the rubbish tip?
0: Yeah. I have no idea what that means. Um, this time... You know, Dave is like I've had enough. He took his long service leave from the mines and gave all of his his old drinking haunts um, amiss. Oh, okay. Went and went and had drinks. Despite his her frantic efforts to find him, um, Catherine had no luck. His friends knew where he was, but they certainly weren't going to tell him tell her where uh, <laughs> where David was hiding, or Dave um, running into brick walls everywhere. Eventually, she just gave up because. He disappeared, and he did not want to be found. Months later, he did return home to the McQueen Street house to see his daughter, only to find that in his absence, uh, Catherine had gone to local police and told him that she was terrified he would return and bash her. So she got the cops to issue an apprehended violence order against him to legally keep him away from her and the children.
1: Jeez.
0: So, yeah. But it didn't take her long to find another lover, because, you know, this is who she is as a person. <laughs> beat the mans and then find another one. A few months later um, she gets into a relationship and um, this guy's name is John Chillingworth. He was 43 and she uh, of course falls pregnant. So, um, and he ended up working at the Aberdeen Meatworks and the baby who was her first son. It was named Eric and he was born in 1991. This isn't, that's well, only two years before me. So, um, her crazy on-again, off-again style um, saw that saw to it that every relationship would only last about three years. The locals were amazed it even lasted that long. And um, Catherine Knight ends up getting bored with this Chillingworth guy, and she ends up going with a guy named John Price, who was a local she had been having an affair with behind Chillingworth's bath- back for some time. So she's now got, what, four kids with three different people? Because um, our first two... Yeah, okay. So, although distraught at the time, it turned out um, that John Chillingworth was the luckiest bloke on the planet. He would overcome his broken heart, get off the booths, and do something constructive with his life. But by taking up with um, the Wicked Witch of Aberdeen, <laughs> John Price had signed his own death warrant. Mm. Um, from Johnny all accounts, Ray. John Pricey Price was a terrific bloke. I love this. I love the word bloke. Um, who'd given, who'd give you his left arm if you needed it and was liked by everyone who knew him. Aw, John. He'd been married and had three kids, um, when the marriage broke up in 1988. His wife took the youngest, a two-year-old girl, when she left and he ended up with a teenage boy and girl to look after. He owned a three-bedroom brick bungalow on St. Andrews Street in Aberdeen and, uh, brought home a good salary from working in the local mines. So, um, the family was pretty well off. He ends up meeting Catherine at a local hotel in 1983 and at age... Um, at, They were both the same age at age 38 and it wasn't long before they were an item around town. He went into the relationship with his eyes wide open. He heard all the rumors about the way she treated her men but chose to ignore them. You're, you sound like too decent of a human, John. I love this. Um... The relationship starts out as, you know, as previous ones with Catherine had. She was the devoted, loving spouse who cooked and sewed and picked up her mans and mm-hmm. drove him home from the hotel when he couldn't walk. Um, plus, she was <laughs> she was hot in the sack. Mm-hmm. His kids got along famously with her brood of her four children, and life was a bunch of roses. But, you know, it doesn't take long for this shit to go south with old Catherine.
1: Where you find those thorns.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, so then uh, accusations of infidelity, the fight, separations, and the inve- inevitable getting back together. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So two years later in the uh, late year, or late year, I'm fine. In late 1995, she ends up moving in with um, John's family at their house on St. Andrew Street. It must have seemed like living in the Buckingham Palace after her little crammed cottage. Because there was only a two bedroom that she was living in before. With the dead animals on the walls. Um, the, their drinking escalated, and so did the fighting. They could be seen at each other's throats in the street outside, um, in front of their house, or both of their houses at any and then, eh, any and all of all the local hotels where they drank. It was all fun and games one minute, and in the next they would be giving a mouthful to each other, screaming in each other's faces. So, um, uh, okay, in 1998, she ends up showing his. John's bosses at the mines of videotape she had secretly recorded at the home um, of some items that he had allegedly stolen from work oh jeez she maintained that she recorded the tape as revenge over a fight about his ongoing refusal to marry her they had come to blows and he had belted her she planned on showing the tape to John to use as blackmail um, against him but after the horrendous fight she decided to go one step further and show it to his employers which that's just okay Although the items on the tape were past their use-by date or considered to be rubbish and scavenged from the company tip, it was enough to get him sacked from the job that he had loved for over 17 years. Wow. That's so crazy. that same day, he kicks her out of his house, and she goes back to her tiny chamber of horrors <laughs> <laughs> on, Mc- <laughs> <laughs> on McQueen Street. The story of her viciousness spread through the tiny township like bushfire fanned by gale force winds. Given her track record, it wasn't surprising at all. Um, he ends up taking her back a few months later, though he didn't move her back into his house. He lost a lot of friends I who. I m-
1: flying.
0: Okay. Oh, he- uh, oh, okay. He lost a lot of friends who now wouldn't have anything to do with him when she was in his company. Huh? Um, their f- fights resumed with renewed venom. They would get drunk and argue over her getting um, him fired from the mine. Then it was on for all to see. It was plain to even a deaf and blind meal mule- that while they couldn't live with or without each other, that something awful was going to give. It was just a matter of time. Wow.
1: both really liked the sex. Yeah. That's really what it was. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't long before Catherine had free reign of his house again, but it didn't help in matters at all, or in the least. The arguments escalated in violence, and after a series of assaults, which include Catherine stabbing him in the chest with a knife during an argument in the kitchen on Tuesday, February 29th, day, 2000, John went to a scone magistrate's judge and took out an apprehended violence order against Catherine to keep her away from his house and hopefully out of his life once and for all. But um, there was no stopping Catherine, as I deem here, his deranged lover. The same night he had taken out the um, restraining order, order, he was in bed at 11 o'clock after visiting his neighbors when a vehicle pulled in his driveway and she enters the house. They watched. She watched TV for a few minutes and um, had a shower before joining him in bed. They had sex. Police officers made the following report after arriving at the house the next day. This is a quote from the police report. Police. I'm fine. At about 6 a.m. on Wednesday, March 1st, a neighbor noticed that the victim, John Price, work utility truck was still at home. This appeared unusual as the victim normally left had left for work each day prior to the time. Obviously, he got a different job. This neighbor became concerned, as did the employer of the victim, who was by this time making inquiries as, as to why he, the victim had not attended work. Attempts were made by the neighbor and another friend to wake the victim by knocking on his bedroom window. The neighbor and friend then went to the front door when they saw a small amount of blood on the wooden exterior. Police were contacted and attended about 8 a.m. The police at the scene forced entry to the house through the rear door. Upon entry, they located the victim's exterior layers of skin and skin hanging from a hook in a doorway arch in the lounge room. What? Then they, yeah. Then they located the victim's decapitated remains on the lounge floor near a small foyer leading to the front door. A further search of the house by police resulted in them, then, eh, resulted in them locating Catherine Knight, who was snoring loudly in a comico- comatose condition on a double bed at the end of the house. She was rem- removed from the house immediately by police and later conveyed to a hospital by ambulance. So... Um, so the wow, night
1: night.
0: She's
1: laying there with his skin draped over her like a blanket.
0: Sorry. Oh my God! Ooh, that would have been that would have. Oh my God! Okay, it's only gonna get weirder. Um, the following account was a complete report by a crime scene investigator, detective, senior constable Peter Anthony Muscio, Kay. Muscio. Sure, who was the first officer into the premises after the discovery of John Price's body. Um, in this case, in a case like this, it was the detective's job to, you know, piece together the, f- um, everything that happened with all the evidence at the murder scene before anyone else touches a thing. So, at about 10 a.m. on Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2000, this is a quote, um, in company with detectives, Detective Sergeant Seaton, oh my god, Detective Sergeant Neil Raymond, I attended the premises at 84th Street Andrews, no, 84 is St. Andrew Street, Aberdeen in relation to an alleged um, homicide. I spoke to a number of police. Um, it gives all their names. The premises is a single story, three bedroom dwelling, which faces generally south onto St. Andrew Street. Um, it's basically... Okay, we'll just keep reading. Whatever. premises was built towards the eastern side of the block, leaving a grassed area on the western side where three vehicles were parked. The vehicles consisted of a white toy, tw- a Toyota, white Ford sedan, and a white Toyota Land Cruiser. Um, There was two sheds in the rear yard, one at the rear corner. There was a brick barbecue against the eastern um, uh, side of the house. Ah, I can't read. The dwelling had a full-length veranda across the southern side and a smaller veranda um, near the premises. My attention was drawn to a piece of cooked meat on the rear lawn in front of the white Ford sedan, I made an examination of this piece of meat and collected it for further testing. Mm. During the in- examination, I took a series of photographs of the premises and the piece of cooked meat on the lawn. I entered the house to conduct a, um, an examination with Detective Sergeant Raymond. I walked in the rear door in the kitchen. Once in the kitchen, I saw a large section of what appeared to be human skin hanging from the top of the doorway leading into the lounge room. <laughs>
1: so, I a big... I know that's gross to want to know, but I want to know... Well, like because if, if you're looking at skin, mm-hmm. it's not like there's a tiny little piece of like sunburn that you peel off. Mm-hmm. That had to be a thick, and it had to that had to be a very large piece hunk of, skin. of skin. Yeah, slab of skin. I don't mm-hmm. know what to... correct
0: yeah. Was it's it his
1: arm? Was it his thigh? Was it his stump? The
0: piece of skin extended from the top of the doorway right to the floor and appeared to be an entire human skin. It was his entire body. His entire... She skinned... She skinned him alive. She skinned him. Yeah. Looking through this doorway into the lounge room, I could see a headless and skinless human body. I walked past the hallway and looked in the entry foyer and saw an extreme amount of blood pooled pooled on the floor. There's a lot of large amount of blood smearing over the eastern wall of the entry. I walked further east along the hallway and noticed blood staining um, leading from the main bedroom. In this bedroom, I can... Notice more blood staining, however, only moderate amounts. I then left the scene and had a discuss discussion with Sergeant Raymond and other police outside the scene. I re-entered the premises, um, and made a more detailed examination. The yeah. rear door of the yeah of the oh, pre- I was
1: going to say I'm surprised
0: didn't say I went outside because I needed to vomit. Like I mean, yeah, but <laughs> probably didn't need to report it. But I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Um, the rear door of the premises opens into the laundry room. Off the western side is the kitchen and the dining room. Um, The laundry contained a stainless steel tub in the northeast corner and a washing machine further south down along the eastern wall. There was a built-in cupboard and two separate uh, doors in the southern wall of the laundry room. Um, And the dining room contained a wooden steel dining table, which had three matching seats around it. There were items of clothing draped over the backs of these chairs. On the dining room, there was a tool bag, some clothing, a small blue folder, an electronic toy gorilla, and some prescription medicine boxes. So, it, it gives more of a detail about what he saw. Um, as I mentioned, oh, like, okay, so this part talks about, as I mentioned, I saw what appeared to be a complete human skin or pelt hanging from the top of the door separating the dining room and the lounge room. On closer examination, I could distinguish black curly ter- hair at the top, a nose and part of the mouth and ear. Oh, about halfway down, I could see the clump of short black curly hair, which was consistent with pubic hair. I could not recognize any other f- particular features as it was continued onto the floor. Um, the skin appeared to be very in thickness from approximately one to four centimeters. Oh, that's a big difference. One to four. Yeah, Sean is trying not to throw up right now. Oh, my Um God. Then there was a trail of blood leading from the lounge room into the kitchen, and the kitchen cooktop, in the vicinity of the aluminum boiler, the boiler was on the right side, and um, the the, t- uh, the time was turned off. When I lifted the boiler, I noticed it was warm to the touch.
1: Oh my gosh! Here I was talking about hunters and using up the entire animal. Uh huh. Oh my god! All right, keep going.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> uh, the pot. Okay, so we're talking about the pot he found on the on the in the kitchen. The pot was full of liquid and on the surface I could identify a human skin head and a number of cooked vegetables. <laughs> on the side of the bowl, oh my boiler God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: okay, saw okay. I saw a baking dish with wa- dish which um, was sitting across the right front sides from the side element in, in uh, inside the baking dish I saw an amount of liquid in the remains of baked vegetables to the right I saw two prepared meals. Each of the meals consisted of two pieces of cooked meat, baked potato, baked pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash and gravy. Underneath each of the meals was a torn section of kitchen paper with a name written on it. The word beaky was written in blue ink and on one of the pieces the while the word Jonathan was on the other, the pieces of meat appeared on the plates were similar to the the piece I'd collected from the rear lawn. Mama. Yes, love. Thank you hold me? Oh, okay, come here.
1: We hold.
0: We're almost done, baby. Standing
1: on the counter, sitting on the counter with yeah. nice and fava beans.
0: <laughs> 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 and so, um, on the section of the kitchen bin across from the northern wall were a number of items. Um, on the west, I saw a green electric jug with blood staining about the handle. In the sink, I saw an orange-colored vegetable peeler with vegetable peelings from potato, pumpkin, zucchini, and onion. On the other side of the sink, I saw a cream-colored microwave dish containing cooked cabbage, leaves, and a clearish liquid. In the uh, in front of the microwave, I saw a brown-colored coffee cup that was sitting on a wooden uh, cutting board. Inside the coffee cup was a teaspoon and a small quantity of thick black liquid similar to gravy. There is also residue of the gravy uh, gravy type substance of on the cutting board. They call it the cutting-up board, huh? But anyways, cutting board. And just to the right of the cutting board was a yellow-handled swi- swibo, swibo knife and two forks, and the handle of the knife was blood-stained. Um, so I s- saw a small black-handled knife, which was also blood-stained, and four empty medication blister packs. One blister pack was labeled Luvix and had 15 tablets missing. Two other um, pl- packets were labeled era packs and had ten tablets missing from each and then the um, the other packet labeled oh my god prom Promethazine had twenty tablets missing. What? go away? Yes. Um, so we talked about Promethazine. Where did I go? I lost my time Okay. I saw bloodstained a grey coffee cup which was uh, contained a fatty white substance. Mm. Um, there was also empty uh, brand of beer a packet of uh, Winfield Red cigarettes and a black wallet belonging to the deceased on the bench. On the side of the breakfast bar, I saw a Norton brand benchstone sharpening stone. Um, in front of the microwave uh, was the remains of a paper towel roll and a blue plastic lid. Um, there's a blood, bloody foot, bloody stained bare footprint. The footprint was right. Was the right foot of a person at the time who was standing adjacent to the kitchen bench with the foot facing north. Um, um. I'm not sure if that goes into anything more about what else they found.
1: Good. God.
0: Yeah. So she cut him up and. Dude,
1: Ed, but hooked it. Okay. I've okay. So I already dis- described earlier how I'm not a hunter. I've I've, I've shot at a gun. But I've never hunted. I don't think I could do it. I just, I I care too much about, granted, I am not a vegetarian, so people might slander me for saying, well, you're not really an animal lover if you eat meat. Whatever. I do love animals. So. Yeah. I. But I'm not going to go out of
0: my way and, like, eat a dog or.
1: I I couldn't, I couldn't go shoot them and do, okay, so. Yeah. Okay, so. Right, 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 right. I'm following what you're saying. So. To know what it's like, I've kind of seen your dad do okay, when I saw the deer hanging in the garage <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I, I had I had to step away. The kids wanted to see and that's fine. But I, I it looked I c I couldn't. It yeah. it, hurt, it hurt my heart. So yeah. point being, I know with like a buck mm-hmm. or whatever, you skin that that takes some time. And you got to skin it right because there's certain spots of the stomach or something where there's a certain awful smell if you hit the wrong spot, Yeah, in my understanding. So oh, I yeah. don't know if that's the same for a human. Okay, a buck's pretty big. My point is, I'm sorry guys, babble time. To skin a human,
0: I'm assuming spell. that's
1: going to take some serious time yep. and effort. Especially the way she has skin around his nose from the testimony of what the officer saw and around his ear. Or maybe the ear is just in place there. So, okay. So you do that. Then you're chopping up the meat of this body. That takes a lot of fucking time or whatever. And not only is she prepping the fucking meat, she's got vegetables and stews and soups going too. Yeah. This woman.
0: <laughs> this is all. It's
1: like a fucking sous chef, like human.
0: Sous like ch- hours. Yeah, that's... Hours, like it was no eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is. Shh. Fuck wild. Like,
0: yeah, eleven a.m. or eleven p.m. is when they roughly went to bed, and then this is all coming to light the next morning around. I think it was 8 a.m., because oh he was supposed gosh. to be at work at 6, so the cops mm-hmm. didn't get notified until 8.
1: Mm-hmm. So... Maybe 10, but yeah. Maybe so 10,
0: yeah, between 8 and 10. Like, yeah. So...
1: That's a lot of prepping. That's a lot... That is a lot oh of Yep. I... Woo! she. I don't... I have I'm sorry. Continue?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, the skinless and headless body of the person was now known to be John Charles Price... And he was in a supine position with his legs protruding into the empty foyer from knees down. There was a substantial amount of blood spread over the carpet around the body. As mentioned earlier, there was also an extreme amount of blood pooling on the floor of the em- entry foyer. In this in this blood pool, staining... and oh, I can't, Sorry, my son's falling asleep on my lap right now. And um, staining were marks where the body of the deceased had been dragged about a meter from... Uh, about the middle of the entry foyer, onto the carpet in the lounge room, the deceased was laying on his back with his legs crossed at the feet, the left ankle on top of the right. His arm was extended; out, his left arm was extended out um, from his body at an angle of about 45 degrees. Under the left wrist of his arm was an empty plastic Shelley's Club Lemon Squash bottle. Um, the right arm was also extended and lying along the side of the body. On the floor adjacent to the right arm of the deceased was a blood was 31 centimeter yellow plastic handled knife. The blade of the knife was about 17.5 centimeters long. Jesus Christ. The body was virtually devoid of skin and flesh, exposing the muscle and some organs. There were a number of wounds present on the body. Most One of the most obvious being a stab wound to the left side of the chest, um, which extended into the chest cavity. Yeah, out. Yes, mm-hmm. Arlo was out. Yes, Arlo out. Um, as stated, the body had been skinned in a manner that let led us led them to believe that the person responsible would have skill in this area. Like, well, oh, I don't know, someone who used to work on meat farms when she was growing up.
1: Temper. Yep.
0: Um. Lying on. Okay, wait, hold on. Um. Okay, I, I had skill in this area. From the blood staining on the carpet, it, they were able to determine that the deceased had been skinned prior to be being de- decapitated. There was a definite outline of the head and the blood, staining on the carpet. Examination in the neck region of the deceased indicated that the head had been removed very carefully and cleanly with a sharp, knife or sharp instrument. Jeez. So on the seat of the single lounge chair in the northeast corner of the room um, was a black handled honing steel, which is a sharpening stone, and um, a packet of Winfield blue cigarettes. It was also noticed that there were bloodied handprints on the backs of the chair. On the northern wall of the west, or northern wall on the western side of the door, all these words mean nothing to me. uh, Was a small display cabinet lying on the cabinet was a broken picture frame containing a picture of the deceased. Um, Lying on top of the picture frame was a bloodstained wrench. Ooh, that's that's kind of spooky. To the um, right beside the photograph, still on the cabinet, was a bloodstained handwritten note with another broken picture on top of it. Apart from being bloodstained, it had small pieces of flesh in it. The note was poorly written and contained very basic spelling mistakes. It read, "Time got you back, John. Johathan. She forgot the end for raping my daughter. You back to you. You to back for Ross. For little John. Now play with little John. Little John's dick. John Price. Ooh. Okay. These allegations were baseless. So I don't. I don't. I think she just fucking lost her mind and." Okay, so, it was evident to the detective that she, Catherine Knight, had murdered John Price, skinned and deca- decapitated him, cooked his head, and served served it portions of his buttocks. The pieces of meat in the backyard also proved to be from the victim's buttocks on plates for herself and his two children for dinner when, when or if they returned at the house at some time. Given that John's uh, son and daughter, Beck Beaky, and little John mentioned in the note were away from the house when the murder occurred. Um, it seemed likely that they would be returning for a meal at a prearranged time, so she had their names wrote down on a piece of paper as like like you do when you go to a fancy like or like a wedding where you have placeholders. So she literally put their names and was going to serve their dad to them. <laughs> that- yep, um, Detective Muse. Um, I'm going to say Museos also said, I remember remember walking down the hallway at about shoulder height and there were blood sputter marks on the walls. To me, it's indi- in- indicative of each attack. He's absolutely fighting for his life. He's just um, just had a, they <laughs> call it a bonk. Cause this bloke's just had a bonk, sexual intercourse, in the bed when he wakes up. Then stab, stab, stab. He's getting up. There's an ar- <laughs> arterial spurting on the robe in the bed and on the doorway. There's a bloody hand rip- handprint. Oh, my goodness. Or swipe on the western side of the door near the dressing table and blood around the light switch. It looked like he tried to turn the light switch on. And then all down the hallway, there are bloody handprints everywhere. He's almost made it. He opened the first door. The screen door is shut. There's blood-staining trajectory again. Flicking out across the front door. He's almost made it, but he wouldn't have survived. He would have been absolutely horrified, terrified, probably terrified more than horrified, trying to get out and all the time being stabbed. An autopsy revealed that the victim was dead when he was skinned. Okay, he wasn't skinned alive. I was wrong. Um, A razor-sharp knife had been inserted under his collarbone and sliced horizontally across the top of the body from shoulder to shoulder, right under the clavicles. It was a straight, clean cut, anatomically precise. Then the knife was turned and cut down the chest over the stomach to the pubic hairline and made into a T with another straight line. Okay, I can kind of picture that. Tracing the knife tip around his pubic area, careful not to cut his penis or genitals, the killer went down the front of, over, the front of his thighs, over the knees, and to his feet. The killer then moved up the body, held his arms up, and cut down the back, each one across the top of the victim's head. Um, The killer then peeled the victim's skin off, including his head, his hair, his face, and all the way down the length of his body to the feet, exposing his victim's intestines. The entire skin was in one piece, including his hair, face, ears, nose, mouth, genitals, and complete stab holes dripping in blood, hanging from the S-hook in the doorway. The feet were dragging on the ground. The killer then removed his head uh, clean at the C3-C4 junction right at the top of the shoulder's. Using a very sharp knife, the cut was precise and clean. The the killer would have um, been covered in warm, sticky blood. According to forensic pathologist Dr. Timothy Lyons, who performed the autopsy, the whole procedure would have taken about 40 minutes. So, uh, um, despite intense questioning, Catherine denied having any recollection of what happened that night after she arrived home and had sex with her lover. Having No, you're fine. After having recovered from her alleged suicide attempt, a week later on March sixth, she was charged with his uh, John Price's murder at a special bedside sitting in the Maitland District Hospital's ha- psychiatric wing. In a bizarre twist, it was discovered that she had been uh, she had allegedly murdered her lover. That after she had murdered him, sorry, Catherine had gone into Aberdeen and withdrawn thousand dollars from his bank account from an automatic teller machine. at uh, her trial in October 2001 she um saved John Price's no yeah Catherine saved John Price's distraught family the ordeal of having to hear all the evidence by pleading guilty well somewhat of a conscious finally but too <laughs> a little too late my dear according to the court appointed psychiatrist she was perfectly sane in, um, when she committed the crimes yeah. on November 8th Justin Barry o- or Justice sorry Barry O'Keefe sentenced Catherine Lake to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. The judge said to her papers to be were to be marked never to be released. Good. And she has since appealed the severity of the sentence. Um, and I think that was one of the first times that they've ever marked that on a case of a woman killer was never to be released. Like that was never the first wow. for Australia, I believe. I've heard that somewhere, code. but um, I could be wrong, but I, I thought I read it in other notes that came with this. Um, in order to debate as to whether or not she ate parts of her liver after she cooked his head in slices from his buttocks, it was hard to say if all the pieces of John Price were accounted for. To this day, she may, she maintains that all she recalls of that night is that they had good sex and both climaxed you. Then she remembers that Price, Price got out of bed to go for a pee and she watched him come back in the bedroom. After that, she presumes that she fell asleep and that was it. The general consensus of opinion is that she ate part of him and found what she did so abhorrent that she chooses to block it out of her mind, which, I mean, I, is a thing for some people. Mm-hmm. So she's in the Malawa, Malawa, sure, Women's Correctional Center, um, and she works as a cleaner in the governor's office, although she is a good in the cook. the
1: governor's office?
0: Whatever, yeah, the governor of the correctional facility. Although she is a good cook, it is highly unlikely she will ever get a job in the kitchen. <laughs> I was from CrimeLibrary.com is oh, crime where, library? where I cool. got most of these notes from. My goodness, was that... Yeah. Ooh. Like, I was trying to find... I had something else in my brain, and now I have a sleeping child on me. That's true. Um, yeah, my son has passed out. Because um, they, they called her the Hannah Lecter. Of Yeah, instead of Hannibal Lecter, she was I a know. Hannah Lecter. Um, yeah, she's just... Um, yep, 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 that was just basically it then. Okay, I think there were other... So
1: all those other men she was with, thank God.
0: It, like, it's uh, awful that it happened to him, but yeah. Right. If it wouldn't have been Dave, or not Dave, um, John, it would have been someone else. I want to say, that's I think that what I was looking for, I think she stabbed him 37 times Wow! if I remember. Yeah, method of murder was stabbing with knife is 37 times and my dark morbid ass, the only thing I could think of was, there was this cartoon that came out when I was a kid on YouTube and it was called Llamas in Hats and one of the llamas is like a sociopath and goes off and just kills humans. <laughs> He's a killer llama, and his name's Carl. And it, the first episode, he talks about how this guy shows up at their house, and he's like, "Yeah, I stabbed him thirty-seven times in the chest." And his roommate's like, "Carl, that kills people. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Like, it's a really dumb cartoon, but God, is it? It's one of my favorites from when I was a kid. That's all I could think of is Catherine. Mm-hmm. That kills people. Oh, I just we just had really good sex. I don't know what's happening."
1: All
0: I remember is... All I remember is fucking and climaxing, man. I wow. I, was, I was meant to be a boner my whole life. God, God damn. Yeah. Ooh. And she's still kicking. She's still in, a, in the freaking in prison. Like like God I said, they, they don't want to keep appealing, girlfriend, but you're never going to get out. <laughs> so that is the boner story <laughs> of Catherine boner- freaking night. Good like can't night. not even. Yeah, <laughs> good night, indeed. My God, she just—she was something else. Sorry for this.
1: That is, I just, yeah, we've never had it quite so detailed in, in killing killers, to my recollection. Right. Kind like of detail and carving. Like, and yeah. Skin hanging and
0: grossness. Meat
1: body cooking. woo.
0: That was just Why old.
1: were the parts flown about? Was she just flinging them around? Woo! I, People, the
0: vultures, no, she was I, sleeping, remember? Oh yeah, she was totally she asleep. Did. She's she's like totally living her sleep life. <laughs> she's like, I just got boned and wow. now I'm just gonna take a napsy nap. I don't know. Wow.
1: That
0: was a, that was a case. A doozy. I know, like <laughs> So, um, thank you for listening to our babble, um, in between, guys, that was, I know that was a lot. Shut um. <laughs> Get
1: two girls together, two sisters together. Yes. <laughs> and a little, and a little Arlo.
0: And a little sleeping baby. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Music yeah.
1: and what? by the Fighters. <laughs> yeah, Fantasy and
0: World Music by the Fighters. Um, send us case re- request, I know I've got a few coming up from Nate here soon, um, starting to think about because we're almost to episode 60. This isn't episode 60 yet. I think this is only 59. Now I have to check because I don't want to be wrong. Um, okay, let's check. Yeah, 59. So I've been starting to brainstorm about, you know, episode 100 because that's going to be happening at some point this year. Um, we've kind of been suggesting an idea for maybe some like bonus babbles on Friday nights. Our Friday nights, Fridays, maybe for an extra episode every once in a blue moon. I know we did the Buddy Babbles at one point, and that was a lot of fun. And we definitely want to do another installment. So, if you've got stories for that, if you've got your own creepy, weird cannibal stories or something that you want to share with us, yeah, by yes, means. or any and all, um, I know Supernatural was a big uh, factor of that story, which those, those were just freaking creepy. So, yes, please please, please, please share those with us, email them, slide into our DMs, if you're friends with us on Facebook, if you want to send it to the Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter, just message us, and we will add it, too. I've got one story already in there, so that's pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, we're coming up. It's crazy to think we're more than halfway through and going to hit 100 episodes, probably, yeah, by the end of this, I would think by the end of this year. I don't know we'll do it but yeah so we've got some ideas for little side stories um because i got a serial killer cookbook from my friend who kim (laughs) who i love and adore so thank you kim i'm pretty stoked about that so um yeah so uh i hope you guys uh were as disgusted and wowed by this case as we were because holy shit balls so until next time babylonians Babylon. babylon
1: what's good people This your boy, Big Bruh. I'm the host of Live with Big Bruh, a podcast where I keep it raw, uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. Always keeping it 100 and giving you guys my opinion on topics that you need to go check out. Live with Big Bruh is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or wherever else like to listen to your favorite podcast make sure you go subscribe rate and share it and while you at it tell your friends tell their friends to do the same thing you can find me on instagram facebook or twitter at live with big bruh and
0: remember they can hold you but they can't stop you big bruh out